Hello listeners and welcome once again to another episode of Homeschooling Matters, where we talk about matters pertaining to homeschooling as well as the value of homeschooling. My name is Nikki Rodriguez and I will be your host. Now, as I mentioned this season, we will be doing several interviews that speaks to the need for educational reform, let's just call it that, you know, about our education systems, wherever you may be in the world. I think very few countries have gotten it together where this is concerned. And so I have joining me today, none other than Mr. Kyle Maloney, and he's a pretty young guy. Um, I'll let him introduce himself in a minute, but I'll just share a bit of his bio with you. Kyle is a technology entrepreneur and digital marketer. Kyle is the co-founder of Tech Beach Retreat and Chef Made, a local company. Since 2011, Kyle has co-founded five technology-driven companies, five, in industries of sustainability, healthy food, local business search, technology business convening, and digital marketing. Kyle's companies have been written about in global and regional publications like Forbes, The Huffington Post, Essence, and Inc. Magazine. Kyle is also a next-gen board member of the Inter-American Development Bank of Trinidad and Tobago. So joining me now on the line will be Kyle Maloney. So Kyle, welcome, welcome, welcome. I've already shared with my listening audience um, just who you are and the fantastic work you've done thus far. So thanks so much for giving us a minute of your time today. Yeah, no problem. All right, cool. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> so Kyle, the first time I met you, now I know, I knew, I knew your dad not personally. He came, I met him here at my home before. I know your mom um, from church, and the first time I actually saw you, I believe, right, would have been at that session. Um, that we had a few weeks ago. And I, I mentioned this to you afterwards. I was basically finishing some of your sentences and I hope the person, but thankfully I had on a mask. <laughs> so the person next to me hopefully wasn't taken aback. But literally, almost everything you said as it pertained to education and what you went through in school resonated with me. Now, I didn't have the same experience, but I totally understood where you were coming from. You know, you mentioned the industrial era and, um, you know, what what that entailed, and that's basically how the school system was built. So let's just go back a minute. Tell me what your thoughts are on the current education system. I have shared mine many, many times, so <laughs> you go ahead. Yeah, so, so my thoughts are on the, on the current system. Uh, bear in mind, what I'm about to say is not like specific to Trinidad or anything. That's right. the way that it's been designed globally, mm-hmm. and by and large, there hasn't been a lot of change. Um, where we can see some changes happening is in some like Scandinavian countries and that sort of thing. But the system really uh, has been passed down to us for generations, stemming from the industrial age, mm-hmm. whereby uh, people were primed to go work in a factory mostly and not really, not really harnessing any of their creative thinking. Their gifts. That's right. Um, and so, and so, a lot of people uh, end up being end up being cast aside from the from the traditional system, almost like a, a, a broken path, mm-hmm. you know, or a path that just. Doesn't. And so, if you don't if you don't learn in a certain way, and can remember certain things in a certain way, and just just regurgitate and and that sort of thing, like you just you just not. That's right. So unfortunately, unfortunately, from a very, very, very early stage in your life, you believe 
So that's the thing. You believe mm-hmm. that you are just unfit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It goes, it goes through your rest of your life struggling. And that's too many people um, end, up, end up leaving this world without ever genuinely finding where their fit is, finding what their passion is, finding what their calling is. Mm-hmm. Because the system was never designed to help people be introspective and learn themselves and really direct, find the direction of where their calling is meant to be. That's right. Yeah, and they often say that the graveyard or the cemetery is one of the richest places on the planet because so many people are buried there with whatever God gives them, given talents and skills and gifts that they may have had, but they were not, never allowed to be brought to the forefront because they were put into a system that basically stymied or stifled um, who they are. You know, I believe that the creators of some of the best maybe medicines or innovations may have gone back to the ground with that particular um, development or um, invention in them because they were never given that opportunity to really, you know, bring that creativity to the fore. You know, so Kyle, can you share with me or with us, I should say, um, what your experience was in the conventional school system and how, in spite of that, I would say, quote unquote, negative or not as, not let's say, not as very, not as pleasant experience, you were able to still surpass expectations. Uh, in spite of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so for me, I think I was blessed to, to be uh, a bit on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that blessing really has given me some perspective and some, uh, yeah, some perspective in, in understanding the struggles and wanting to genuinely make progress from mm-hmm. it. But when I say I was on both sides of the fence, I, I mean that I fit the academic mold in terms of generating the results, but not in the way that they wanted me to generate the results. Right. So, so, so I remember like always like etched in my brain. My teacher would 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 ask me, Kyle, what did I just say? And I can never tell him what I said. <laughs> I was always talking. Talking was my problem. <laughs> exactly. She would say, No, no, no! Don't ask. Don't ask me, Lana, what I just said. You tell me what I just said. And I'm like, I could never tell her what she just said because I never, I could never hold focus and pay attention in class. Wow. You know? And interestingly enough, like, this problem was, was pretty, like, big for me. When I went and read common insurance, I, because of my focus problem, I was shooting my answers in the wrong column. Wow. And their lives are coming down to the end where they where they say stop. And I realized I have a whole column left that I didn't fill in. You know? Wow. I started one row a week. And so by the time I reach in my last column now to fill in, I don't have any space to fill it in. I don't know if people have to remember it because there's multiple choice and it's four rows. And so I started, instead of starting on the first filling in, I started on the second row filling in. Oh my gosh. So by the time I come to the fourth row, I have nowhere to Oh my gosh. It's like when you start when you start buttoning and shit and you start with the wrong button, you end up with one at the bottom. Wow. Yeah. So my ability to, to hold focus many times is my biggest has been my biggest struggle uh, growing up. And so I had to erase all of my answers and then put them back in 
very quickly with tears running down my face, feeling all black blood. And I just didn't even know how I would have how like I would have done, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up the end result was I ended up passing the CIC. Wow. And so that was my first choice and I feel blessed to be able to mm-hmm. to have that result happen. You know, Kyle, um, it's like when the when in the Bible times where they said, you know, Joshua caused his son to stand still because he had to finish the battle. Maybe the Lord stopped time or slowed time down for you. Because if you had already completed the exam, only to realize then that everything was out of whack. I can't realistically and naturally understand how you would have still been able to have enough time to erase every answer clean enough that it wouldn't see the previous shading and then go back in and answer how many and there's a lot scores and scores of questions and shade it back in in time. That had to be divine intervention. I'm sorry. <laughs> I definitely think so as well because because I was very flustered and tears in my eyes and could barely see properly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and if I didn't do it correctly under a normal head finishing the exam, imagine being stressed and frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I I went through that entire time waiting for my results, thinking that I just did the worst, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So, so being on both sides of the fence and then going into secondary school and um, just just not being able to fit the conventional way of learning, you know, like I could never sit down in a class and pay attention and take away what the teachers say and learn. Mm-hmm. Most of my learning came through me going home and just teaching myself. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine how exhausting that would be to learn every single thing by yourself, yeah. you know, no matter what class it is, if the class is not interesting, or the teacher hasn't captivated you in a certain way, which is vast majority of teaching, because unfortunately, like, it's difficult for a teacher to be able to keep it from multiple learning styles in that way. That's right. Uh, it, the end result is that, yeah, you kind of just fall by the wayside, and, and you have to figure out your way to catch up, and, and I think that actually has been become one of my greatest strengths, my ability to teach myself things on a regular basis, um, independent of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really got me in trouble throughout, throughout the school system because in class I was always labeled as the disruptor, you know, like wow. person that never paid attention, never, never was part of the class, Yeah, un- unless they captivated my attention in a certain way. It would be really difficult. Mm-hmm. I wonder what your teachers, you know, hearing of or knowing of your success now, Kyle, I wonder what they think. Have you ever met any of them since, you know, post-secondary school? I mean, I know you went away to university and stuff as well, but have you had the experience? Because you said something about being labeled the disruptor. And sometimes as parents, but many times as teachers, children are labeled. And I don't like when we label children because as I always tell people, labels stick. That's what they meant to do. They stick. Um, but if a child may have a challenge, that can be overcome. You could overcome a challenge. But if you slap this label on this child and you say that they are um, ADD or ADHD or whatever, disruptive or never paying attention, talkative, whatever. I mean, I was labeled a talker. And just like um, the host on Saturday had shared, it's, a, it's so amazing how similar our stories were. 
the very thing that I was in trouble for a lot of the times will do well, will do even better because I did well in school, but will do even better. But she talks too much. She talks. That, that, that was the punctuation of every comment in my report book from every teacher. Nikisha da da da, but she talks too much. Nikki da da, she talks too much, right? But right now, what I get paid for is talking. I get paid to talk. You know, so it is amazing. I really don't like, and parents, if you're listening, and teachers, if you happen to be on this podcast, please do not label children. Because as Kyle had shared at the beginning, some people really may never get over it because they are forced to believe that that is who they are. But there's so much more to them. You know, so have any of your teachers ever come across you? Have you gone back to the school? You know, what are they saying now? <laughs> I remember distinctly the first time I was invited uh, back to my secondary school to, to talk to the students. Um, and my phone 16 at that time, um, he, <laughs> he looked at me and he asked what I do in it. Wow. <laughs> See, he wasn't aware that you were invited back. And, uh, he probably had such disdain for you. What are you doing here? You're no role model. <laughs> uh, basically, basically, that, that, all that was packed into the question. Yeah. They made a mistake, not this guy. <laughs> yeah, because the last he would have heard of me, from my knowledge, um, like, I was. Yeah, he, he suspended me because uh, because for some silly thing, right? Like I um we had to we had to log we had to log our attendance by signing a book, and I signed in for one of my partners, and he was he just tell me to sign in, then right? like he was there, mm-hmm. and and then he caught me as though like <laughs> I'm trying to hide the fact that I was signing in for him, like this wasn't a secret, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, that's fraudulent. They can't be signing on behalf of people that you want to send me home. I said, I said, say what you want, or I don't sign. Mm-hmm. You need to learn better than that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted to make his point. He wanted to make his point. But after you left secondary school, you would have gone on to university abroad. How did that, you know, happen? I mean, you were, I mean, you, shared, you didn't share a bit about your actual experience because you had to leave school. You were suspended from time to time. And put out of classes, um, but you still managed to pass the exams, right? Again, because you were self-motivated, you went, you did what you had to do, stayed up all night, crammed, and you were able to regurgitate the information that CXC wanted, and you put it onto the paper, and you did really, really well. So what happened after secondary school? Where did life take you? Well, <laughs> I went to university. Um, I studied aerospace engineering at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Embry-Riddle is rated as one of the best universities for uh, the aviation industry in mm-hmm. general. Um, producing, yeah, producing like Air Force pilots and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so when I got to university, um, it was a, a, an entirely different mindset, like struck me mm-hmm. in the sense that. My dad, like, I got half scholarship, mm. so even though it was, so that was still pretty expensive anyway. Yeah. Um, and so now, like, my parents are paying for school. Um, I'm here to, yeah, here by myself without the support system of my family and my, my original friends. Like, I got into, I 
got into like a beast mode, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still had the problem whereby I couldn't pay attention strongly in class, but I really fought with it in the sense that um, I, I developed relationships with my professors. Um, that that the opportunity to develop relationships was there mm-hmm. to be able to to be able to push through um, my lack of ability to focus at that moment so that when I was completing assignments, I could turn to them to, 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 to get that same sort of explanations that they would have given in class that I wasn't able to, to grasp at that moment and that sort of thing. Right. And I remember, I remember in the instances where I wasn't, wasn't able to build that sort of relationship with my professors, um, I remember like distinctly like my math class. Um, so this was my um, differential equations class. So this is just like, like maybe like fifth level of math that I did in university. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my professor was, was, was Chinese and he had a really thick Chinese accent. And so it was pretty difficult to understand him in the first place. And he was kind of just teaching out to the book. And so once you're doing that, like my mind really just find difficulty in, 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 in focusing. Exactly, because if you're not bringing your relevance home a bit in terms of practicality, and keeping it theoretical, mm-hmm. yeah, I find it difficult to follow. I need really to to attach something to a level of practicality right. to bring it home, right? Um, and so I used to go to his class and, and be getting back to class and sleep until eventually, like, I said, well, I don't go to this class anymore. And then I got an email from him saying, uh, saying that if I don't come back to class, I'll be kicked out. So I used to go to the class and just sleep. Mm. And I made it my business, though, to learn every single thing. And so I ended up getting an A in the class, even though I paid no attention in the class. Yeah. Um, and he was, he, he himself was, was pretty shocked. Um, but I think being in university at that level now, like they see all sorts of personality types. Like they see so many different quirks, quirky different personalities. So I don't know if it was a surprise for him really that I was able to do that but it was more so a testament to me that yeah I, I really just began putting in abnormal amounts of effort and work to really mm-hmm. get the results that I wanted to get given the fact that my parents was paying for this and I put in my parents mm-hmm. I don't come from like a rich family so it's, it wasn't it was a sacrifice for them yeah yeah a significant sacrifice mm-hmm. I didn't have a, I didn't have like some big savings they put away years ago or anything um, it was just money that they were accumulating month by month mm-hmm. to really try to put things in place, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was it was it was a great effort I put in in there, and through and through it was it was really difficult. I remember, I remember some weekends thinking like, no way I can make it through this weekend and complete all the learning because I always come from a disadvantage because because I always have to relearn these things that. That was already taught in class, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank God you were able to push through it. You have something called stick to itiveness, and you were able to push through it. And thank God also that you're so sensitive to the fact that your parents did not have a whole lot of money, and that they were literally working extra hard to be able to put you through university abroad. And for the listeners who are not aware, it will take about well now it's almost eight TT dollars. Am I correct? Six something, seven. seven I can't remember how much it is. Seven. About seven TT dollars to get one US dollar. Back in the time you did it, I didn't matter, but six something. 
or five something to one TT dollar. So imagine having to work that hard to be able to get these funds to send him abroad. But all in all, you were successful. Um, share a little bit about your success now. <laughs> um, in university, I started my first company. Um, my dad gave me, my dad is an entrepreneur and he really like drove home the fact that in order to like really have impact in his life, from his perspective, you really needed to, to go out there and create value, mm-hmm. find a problem and solve that problem and see how you can scale that solution, you know, and mm-hmm. so driving that sort of mentality home, I always knew that I wanted to, to, to start a company, um, but I kind of like said that I would have done it after I finished university and then get a job and that sort of thing, but, um, but one of my friends had started a company in university. And he was like, Kyle, you can do the same thing, you know. And so I ended up joining this club uh, called the Collegiate Entrepreneurship Organization, acronym CEO. Wow. Uh, <laughs> to, 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 to really get together with people that are thinking about building businesses while at university. And I started this business together with uh, my brother and my two friends. Uh, that allowed students to buy and sell items from each other and stay up to date with events happening in and around the campus. Mm. Uh, and it, it caught on really, really well. It taught me how to register a company, taught me how to market, taught me how to build relationships, partners, taught me how to, to, to manage building out a product. Um, it was it was a really memorable experience. I gained a lot of notoriety in school because of the platform that we built. Um, and we generated about three to four thousand dollars a month in sales from it and, and it really helped us to, to to live relatively okay in school mm-hmm. uh, and the overall experience was just really really like strong and positive for us and so by the time coming down to my final years like i was very set on going back home and starting a company versus getting a job right uh, and so it was just interesting like even when they had a career days um i used to interview the interviewers ask them why i should help work for the company <laughs> you know um it was just an interesting funny experience for me in that way whereas uh, everybody else the most part is just trying to prove their worth mm-hmm. and trying to ask them why should i spend time working and yeah why should i give of my time and why am i giftings and talents why am, why am i giving it to you you know, win me over here. <laughs> I totally, yeah. I totally get it. Because when I started homeschooling our children, actually this month was twelve years. Twelve years ago, I started. Um, one of the things I said to them, I want them to be employers, not just employees. You may start off as an employee for some time, not a problem. But I don't want you to camp there. And there's a movie we saw many years ago. The movie was called Robots. Um, when my boys were very, very young, uh, primary school age, and there was a line in that movie that I always repeat for them from time to time: "See a need." fill a need and it goes to of course being generous and helping people and stuff but also it can be applied to entrepreneurship if there's a need out there and you could fill that need then therein lies a fantastic business you know so that's really fantastic so you know we have SCA coming up I mean and there's there's so much more to his story guys he has met and dined and 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 been rubbing shoulders with some of the world's um giants in the tech industry and he has this fantastic um conference um event every year sometimes twice a year if i'm not mistaken 
um, in, in, in Trinidad, in Jamaica. Uh, you know, he's very well known in the Caribbean and a guest throughout the world as well because he's had all these things written about him in all these international publications and so forth. But, you know, locally, we have the same common entrance that is the row and the column and all that drama <laughs> that is coming up pretty soon for our local um, students. Um, it's a sec secondary entrance examination for those of you who are international. Um, what nuggets would you leave with the parents who may, be, who may have children that have been labeled as ADHD or may have difficulty with various teaching style or the teaching style? Because usually it's just one teaching style, but children have various learning styles. Right? How, how? What? What nuggets would you leave with those parents? Because you know, in our country, if they don't pass for a CIC <laughs> or a QRC or Saint Francis or Bishops or Saint Joseph or you know Holy Name, etc., these are the prestige schools as we call them. We think, oh my gosh, the child is woe, woe is me, woe is the child. You know, they're never going to amount to anything. Um, what nuggets would you leave with those parents who think that their child's future is wrapped up in this one exam? Or even if they're writing CXC and they may not have done as well as the parents had anticipated or wanted, and they think, okay, that exam has caused them, you know, because we put a lot of emphasis on these exams that are just fleeting. They're just one occasion in the child's life, but we think that everything is wrapped up in there. Any nuggets for those parents? Yeah, yeah. I think I think if there's one thing you want to take away from my story and from a lot of a lot of research that I've done, the biggest the biggest thing differentiating anybody's life in terms of success is this thing that they call grit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So grit is the grit is the, 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 the determination to push through despite despite the struggles, despite the strains. And so and so independent of anything, I think what you want to instill in your child is and is, is that support and that drive, that determination to continue to push through independent of what the Results to be might be, mm -hmm. you know. So, so that is the, 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 the for, for me one of the biggest things. And then, second to that, which actually is actually I think even more important, is teaching them uh, self awareness and understanding of themselves and introspection. I, I don't think that that is taught enough or even at all in schools. Mm -hmm. um, and so, learning to no, no, it's not all in uh, schools at all because they're starting, they're starting to get the children through the coursework so they can pass the exam. <laughs> yeah, they have no time for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so later on in my life, I began, um, I, I began meditating, and and from the perspective of quieting my mind uh, to hear hear the voice, hear the voice of God. In myself, knowing the direction that I should take, knowing what I should do, calming myself, you know. So I think that that ability to to, to, to sit in your quietness and be introspective mm -hmm. is is one of the biggest biggest talents or biggest uh, things that you should learn early on in your life because it's going to carry you throughout. Because if it's one thing that you're going to face in life, is struggle. You yeah. know whether you're 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 an amazing talent or you're 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 struggling to figure out where your fit is. Challenges come at everyone, as it says. As it says, it rains on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. You know, and so and so being able to really look within and figure out what you're best at, figure out what this problem is trying to teach you, figure out you know what is really happening here on a deeper level versus what is going on the surface. Is 
the, one of the biggest things to learn in life that would really help you chart a direction that leads to your your true happiness, your true calling, your true purpose in this life, you know. Um, and, and as a parent, the biggest thing that you're going to learn, uh, I think, out of all of this is, is patience, you know. Um, yeah. Be patient, be continuously loving and be continuously supportive to the child as they grow because these that is what they hold on to, that is that is what they have ultimately when all the rest of the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're basically you know? their rock. As a parent myself, I know that you are the rock. Um, you know, while they're still young and they're still trying to find themselves, we are it for them. For what well, you know, once you've presented yourself as a proper parent, I'm talking about. You know, we are our children's biggest supporter and cheerleader. And so really and truly, we need to be as stable as possible because, as you said, the wind will come, it will blow them down, knock them off their feet from time to time. But once they know they have the support from loving parents, then they should be able to, you know, overcome any challenge that life may have thrown them. Kyle, oh my gosh, you know, we can talk again and, and more. There's so much more to you and to, so much more to your story. I definitely would like to interview you again. But I think the next time I interview it will be for my Facebook page, Living Large, because I have a lot of people on there who are entrepreneurs and they need to hear what you have to say, not necessarily from the perspective of education, but going forward in life, you know, um, you know how, how to get yourself out there. I don't know if you have the time to share those things with us, but I really want to thank you for taking the time this morning. I know you're pretty busy. Um, thank you for coming and sharing these wonderful truths with us, the, the nuggets that you've left with the parents and teachers and all who are listening, not only for us locally, but regionally and internationally. Um, when I was doing something recently on the page, I got to, I didn't realize how many more countries had come on board. I now have 38 countries that listen in every week. And it, it just blew my mind, you know, as far as Czech Republic and Slovakia and and, and things. So I am blessed and I'm humbled at the same time to have this opportunity to serve others and to, you know, share all that we've been able to share on homeschooling matters this far. And every time I think, you know, at the end of a particular season, well, I don't know if I'll, have, I'll be back next season. Bam, the Lord either opens my eyes, reveals or uncovers someone like a good self and says, ah, oh, you're not done yet. And these truths are going to go out there and they're going to impact someone. And I'm so thankful that you took the time because this is a part of you giving back. Not every single give back has to be monetary or financial. Just taking the time to share a little bit with someone, your story, your journey, it can be so encouraging. And I don't know how many lives we have touched today, how many people would be blessed by this um, recording. But I know for a fact I have been. I know when you shared in that particular forum, many were. And so I continue to ask God to bless your efforts, bless the fruit of your hands, you know, and whatever you put your heart and mind to do as it glorifies him. And as it lines up with your destiny for his destiny for your life, that it will prosper and bring forth a lot of fruit. So thank you so much again, Kyle. I really do appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all.